0: welcome to sarah gonzalez unfiltered this beautiful monday we've got so much to get into including the south carolina uh primary spanking and uh Ronna Romney McDaniel stepping down and the glorious, epic interview of Libs of TikTok with Taylor Lorenz. But first, you know, remember when Donald Trump got beat up in the news for daring say the fake news, mainstream media was the enemy of the people. They just, oh my God, they couldn't believe that he would say that. How can this man say that about an entire industry? That is an attack On the First Amendment, well, first of all, he didn't say the media is the enemy of the people. Of course, he said it about the partisan hacks, and we all know exactly who they are. And second, it really seems every day he was proven right about that over and over and over again. You know, the Associated Press just over the weekend published several stories about 22-year-old University of Georgia nursing student Lakin Riley, who was killed on campus while going for a morning jog. And this was just a really horrible, tragic story. This young girl, she had so much going for her. She's bright. She's beautiful. You know, she's got this career ahead of her once she finish, finishes nursing school and her life was just completely cut short by a monster. Now I want to give you the art the deta- the details of this story by reading directly from the AP article, okay? a 26 year old man, was arrested Friday in the killing of a nursing student whose body was found on the University of Georgia campus. And police said he apparently did not know the victim. He acted alone, and there was no further threat to the university community. The suspect, identified as Athens resident Jose Antonio Ibarra, was taken into custody for the death of 22-year-old Hope Riley. Police said... The body of Augusta University College of Nursing student was found near the running trails Thursday, launching a highly visible police investigation that centered on an apartment complex just south of there. Well, there's a little tidbit that you didn't hear in this AP story right here. And that is that this Athens resident, Jose Ibarra, is in fact an illegal immigrant here from Venezuela. You know, just a a minor detail. I'm sure that it was just, you know an oversight, okay, just a little oopsie. Surely they wrote a follow-up that highlighted the glaring omission that this man should not have even been in this country in the first place. You have to imagine, surely, it's incompetence rather than a deliberate act of deception. This is, after all, the Associated Press. They've been around since like the 1800s. Established, well-reputable Associated Press, the AP, well, you tell me if their motives were pure. They did write a follow-up on this story. It was titled, The Killing of a Nursing Student Out for a Run Highlights the Fears of Solo Female Athletes. And in this article, it discussed the dangers female runners face, perceived and real, and the hypervigilance women must take going out even for a run on campus. So that's the root cause of the problem. Toxic masculinity, right? Right? Men who just can't control themselves. That's what's to blame here. Nothing else to see. In fact, the author of that disgusting piece of garbage, Janie Haar, even used another anecdotal example in her writing to prove the horrific nature of toxic masculinity, these men who just can't control their urges. And she brought up the 2018 murder of University of Iowa student Molly Tibbetts to further prove her point. There's just one problem. Molly Tibbetts, uh, who was found, like, dismembered in a cornfield. It was just this horrible, gruesome, gruesome sight. Well, she was also murdered by an illegal immigrant. So two examples this author gives to try to prove the point that is toxic masculinity, except both examples that she tries to use to prove her point, both women were murdered by illegal immigrants. But that doesn't fit the narrative. That's not good for optics. It's really not good for optics. And you know what else isn't good for optics? You're going to be shocked to hear this, you guys. The man who just murdered Lake and Riley already had a criminal history here in this country. And I do mean... After he entered the country illegally, because that is, of course, his first criminal history here in this country. So according to ICE, this monster crossed illegally into El Paso in September 2022 and was released into the United States via parole. I love how they call it parole. They're like, let's super duper pinky promise that you are going to show up to court. And they're like, wink, wink. Yes, I will. Well, let me see. 2032. Yep, I'll show up. So he's released right into the country. September 2022. Nearly a year later, in September 2023, New York police, NYPD, arrested him in New York City for acting in a manner to injure a child less than age 17, but NYPD released him once again right into the interior of the country before an ICE detainer could be issued. Wow. So, turns out it's a sanctuary city for everyone but you, the law-abiding American citizen. But you didn't see any of those details in the Associated Press. And what a slap in the face to this poor girl and like her grieving family reducing her senseless death to a mere footnote in the culture wars because you don't want to admit the actual problem, the actual glaring problem that is right in front of you. It's so easy. The problem is so easy. It's so easy to find out allowing completely unvetted strangers into the interior of the country, it turns out, is not a great policy. And recall that, as many have pointed out, St. George Floyd overdosed on drugs and received three funerals at a time, by the way, when you weren't even allowed to stay with your dying relatives in a hospital. You were not allowed to come visit your relatives in a hospital. You couldn't do that because everyone was on lockdown. But George Floyd got three funerals, a statue and millions of dollars for his family. Lake and Riley was murdered by an illegal. Joe Biden's got nothing to say. There's been very little media coverage and zero dollars compensation for her family, which I would say uh, it's Joe Biden. The blood is on his hands. He owes her family quite a bit of compensation. But, you know, it's not just the press who does this, perpetuates the lies and the falsehoods to run cover for their agenda because of the optics. It's, of course, the lawmakers themselves. And uh, our very own favorite, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a woman who represents a district in New York, of all places, a place that has seen their state decimated by illegals, actually had the audacity to go on NBC, MSNBC, I should say, over the weekend and say that the border crisis is just a false narrative. Watch. There is not only no moral calculation, there is no economic calculation, there is no logical calculation, there is only a political calculation. And that political calculation is we are going to keep whining about it. Mm-hmm. We are going to keep pretending this is a crisis while contributing to actual problems. And then we're going to block the solution so that we can campaign on it over and over and over. And we can call it caravans, we can call it migrant crises, we can call it family separation, and they will just recycle it over and over and over again in order to gin up, you know, just so much animosity
1: and destruction in this country and racism in this country, because that's the only thing
0: that the Republican Party even is standing on. I did hear her tell on herself again there there is no moral calculation, no economic calculation, no calculation whatsoever. It is purely a political calculation. Yes, that's you. There is no moral calculation for what you guys are doing to this country. The devastation that you are wreaking upon this country because of your stupid political calculation. The economic there I can guarantee you. There's no economic calculation for the types of I mean, the billions and billions of dollars that we are going to be forced to spend on these people that we are currently spending on these people with absolutely no way out And by the way, she went on in that interview to talk about, well, the Republicans reject all of these all of these solutions like a path to citizenship and and work papers and partnerships with businesses who need employees. No, no, just no, no path to citizenship, no work papers, no compromise. And I just want you, if you will, juxtapose what you just heard from radical left darling AOC not addressing the problem at all trying to tell you you look the problem is you because there's no problem at all according to anyone else okay you you your lying eyes deceive you there's no problem it's just a false narrative that the Republicans are ginning up to create you know some sort of a uh anger within their base it's just and look all of those people flooding through the borders those that's just those are just deep fake videos I guess That that isn't actually happening. The Border Patrol fist bumping all of these illegals as they're working their way into the interior of the country. That's that's just that's that's Gemini. uh, Google Gemini. That's just AI. Don't worry about that. So juxtapose that type of rhetoric. Okay, there's no problem. There's no problem at all. What problem? What are you talking about? What problem? I don't see a problem to Donald Trump over the weekend at CPAC. Watch. And they do come from prisons and mental institutions, and they are terrorists. And we're gonna be paying a price, and it'll be the largest deportation in the history of our country. And we have no, we have no choice.
2: And it's not a nice thing to say, and I hate to say it.
0: And those clowns in the media will say, oh, he's so mean. He said, no, no, they're killing our people. They're killing our country. They're killing our people. We have no choice. No compromise. No path to citizenship. No work papers. that That's the plan, guys, right? That was the plan. If we allow that to happen, we are falling into their trap. That was the plan. Let these people in, okay? Let them stay here for a few years, and then you're the bad guy for saying, but— They've just built this life here. They have a family here now. They have friends here. They have roots here now. And you can't just rip that from them and send them back to this country that they no longer identify with. No. That is absolutely the plan here. No path to citizenship. No. Mass deportation is the only answer. And for all of Donald Trump's flaws, I know, I know, there are some of you who say, well, he talked about deporting people the first time around and he didn't actually uh, deport as many people. Well, first of all, don't hold it against him that there were far less people trying to come into the country because of his rhetoric, because of his tough talk. It turns out that deters people from even bothering to make the dangerous journey. But number two, We're living in a completely different time. I mean, Joe Biden has doubled the amount of illegal immigrants in the country, almost, as compared to what it was before he arrived at the helm of things. So I would argue... Now's the time that Donald Trump sees that he really has to spring into action. I do not believe that this is just rhetoric. I believe that he understands because he was so tough on his rhetoric, because he wanted to build the wall, the foundation for already understanding that this is a problem was there already to see the devastation that the Biden administration has caused in just three short years. Donald Trump, and by the way, Stephen Miller has already said Mass deportations begin at noon on inauguration day and I would say I mean <laughs> not soon enough but if it ha- if I have to wait till inauguration day on noon fine but I'm not waiting any longer than that. All right, when we come back I want to uh, bring in the panel to discuss Nikki Haley's whipping over in her home state of South Carolina. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the show. Stu host of Stu Does America, and of course, Pat Gray, host of Pat Gray Unleashed. And it's, look, I'm just going to say this is my favorite part of, of a Monday, is having Pat and Stu on. It's f- usually not a Monday.
3: Favorite part of the worst day of the week. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're <laughs> shooting high. I meant,
0: I meant it nice. I'm, I don't know. You, t- you chose to take that the wrong way. <laughs> I
3: did, as I usually do. Yeah.
0: That's... Um, so, okay, so let's talk about the South Carolina primary over the weekend. So um, I believe that the New York Times called the race before one vote was even counted, and it was like record time. I think it was like three minutes, and then everyone was like, all right, well— That's all we need to see here. Donald Trump is the winner and Nikki Haley has now lost four times consecutively if you count Nevada. So um, (laughs) I would love your opinions on at this point why Nikki Haley would still be in the race. Because if it's me, I'm like... I don't even want to go to South Carolina. I'm going to be embarrassed. Like, I would rather not have that on the record. He's going to beat me by like 30, 40 points. And this is just going to be really embarrassing. So I'm just going to gracefully bow out before that actually happens. And she was like, nope, nope, mm-mm. bring it on. I can't wait to get defeated. And then when I do get defeated, I'm going to turn around and pretend like I somehow won. And that's interestingly enough, just what we've seen her do. And it's just very bizarre to me
3: yeah, I mean, let me give you the alternate take on this uh, because you're right. The question is, why would why would she still stick around is a really good one. <laughs> However, I will say the alternate is also a pretty good question, which is why wouldn't you stay around? She in the next eight days, twenty states vote. She's come all of this way. She has to wait eight more days to get into Super Tuesday and and get through a total of 20 states, including Michigan and a couple others.
0: And just lose more.
3: And, and gonna she's going to lose more. And But she may, she will pick up some delegates. I mean, she even picked up a few in South Carolina. She picked up a few in New Hampshire. And like, you know, again, the only play for her at this point is to try to be the alternative in case the Trump thing completely falls apart for whatever reason, God forbid, some sort of health crisis or uh, more likely some legal scenario where they decide to throw him in a gulag. I don't know what's going to happen in the next. Now, I would even say if that occurred, she still wouldn't get the nomination. However, she would have some delegates to argue uh, with and maybe get some concessions or who knows. I mean, with her at this point, I think she's already burned. I think we'd all agree. She's burned all of her whatever MAGA uh, Mm -hmm. sort of uh, street cred she Mm -hmm. had left from her time serving in the in the administration. So at this point, another week No one's going to remember this. She still has enough money to get through a week. Why not see what happens? I think that's the only reason why you go forward at this point, though.
0: Yeah, I Pat, I was watching her speech that I mentioned um, previously. I was watching her speech, and it was just... She was saying like the words were encouraging words, but her tone (laughs) and the look on her face indicated that she didn't even believe the words that were coming out of her own mouth. Well, you can't. (laughs)
2: You can't. You can't can't even believe yourself in that particular instance. I thought it was amazing. Trump won 60 to 40. Mm -hmm. Uh, The headline in the Drudge Report was 40% 40% of Republicans don't want Donald Trump. <laughs> like it, it's her home state. He beat her by 20 and it was probably much worse. A Demo- Democrats crossed the aisle and, yeah. and voted in this to help her out and still lost by 20 in her home state. It's a bloodbath. I mean, it's, it's ugly and it's embarrassing. And, you know, like Stu says, I guess, why not stick around till super Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Um, the only downside of that maybe is running out of money. The Coke network cut her off. Yep. Um, and so that's not a good sign. And maybe she's getting some ill will in the Republican Party, but there's going to be new leadership. I don't know. I don't know how much it hurts her, but it just, it seems fruitless at this point.
0: Yeah, just embarrassing. Okay, so mm-hmm. Pat, to your, to your point, um, I want to play, I think we have a clip here of one of the Democrats who turned out to vote for Nikki Haley. Watch.
1: I voted for Nikki Haley. Um, simply to, you know, maybe cancel out one of the Donald Trump votes. And that is because this is heavy Donald Trump support in our state. I don't understand it.
0: (laughs) You don't understand Donald Trump support in South Carolina. Do you know your state, ma'am? Do you know your state? Um, You know, you see this and you're just like, why do we not have closed primaries in certain states, including here Mm -hmm. in Texas? So yeah, you can't just go cancel out someone's if you're a democrat and you're like strategically trying to cancel out someone's vote. I mean, I don't
3: understand it really. I mean, I, I get the idea is of course when you get to a general election, you want candidates that are appealing to not just Republicans, right? Like, so I get why they did it. I would say, especially maybe independents, you might want to let in at times, Mm -hmm. maybe in certain states. Um, But uh, it doesn't make much sense to let Democrats come across. They're not going to be voting. They're in in the best interest of the party. I will say for Nikki Haley, though, I don't think it hurts her really at all. I think uh, any damage that has happened with Nikki Haley has already happened. Her future is not as a MAGA Republican. It's not as a um, a Donald Trump ambassador anymore. That's not going to happen. Her future is probably like the future of Paul Ryan, you know, like serving on the board of some major corporation where she makes a lot of money. And so I don't think showing staying in this race really hurts her from that point. And, And I will say, too, I don't think it hurts Donald Trump either. I don't. I mean, I don't. What What does he need to do? He go to states that you would go uh, go and uh, and campaign in anyway, like Michigan. He should be campaigning in Michigan anyway. Yeah, sure, go show up there. Don't show up anywhere else. You're going to win by default. You don't need to to run a primary campaign anymore. He knows that he doesn't need to spend any money on that. Just spend money on, on on dual purpose type campaigning, and and he should be fine. You know, I mean, I think you can look at this and say, you know, the the drudge headline is an interesting one because it's like. If Donald Trump were the, you know, if Joe Biden won a primary 60 to 40 we we'd against, you know, some candidate, we'd all be like, wait a minute, this is crazy. This is really bad uh, for for Joe Biden. It, it, but Trump isn't really a pure incumbent, right? Like, he kind yeah. of is an incumbent. Like, if it was just an open primary, if you go back to 2016, a 60-40 win in South Carolina would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And, he, and yeah. Trump is kind of in the middle there. I mean, there is some opposition to Trump in this party, but, like... It's his party, right? Like, Ronald McDaniels, who is, by the way, also a Trump choice, stepping down Mm -hmm. and and Laura Trump being named to one of the top couple of positions there shows whose party this is. It's his. It's his for as long as he's around. Uh, And, you know, I don't know. Even if he loses in 2024, I wouldn't be surprised to be see him on the ballot in 2028. Like, it's just his until he's gone, I think.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, to your point, I think... um, what, regardless of Nikki Haley's actions right now, she's still like, I just went and early voted. I had all options available to me. It was, it's not like because she says I suspend my campaign that right. they like remove her from the ballot. People would still have the opportunity to vote for her, regardless at this point. So it really, like, to your point, doesn't really affect Donald Trump. In that way, I don't
3: win either way. I don't think it drains his resources. I I mean, like, I think we sometimes just make too much out of like whether she's in or she's not. Who cares? Right. Like she's not going to win. Yeah. Um, I think for her particular purposes, if she if she could get to somehow winning five states, that's a big I think this if I remember the rules correctly for the RNC, I think it's five states she has to win to actually be on the ballot at the convention there might be some value. Like if you could if she could win Hawaii, you know, Delaware, I don't know, win five states somehow, there might be some value to her because then she could at least make an argument at the convention. But winning zero states. She's not going to. You can't and win any. I don't see any states. Like not I would either. say the two she was maybe best positioned to win were New Hampshire and South Carolina, and she lost by eleven and twenty. Mm-hmm. Now look, I was actually surprised to see her at forty percent. I thought that that number was higher than I thought. I thought she'd be like maybe mid thirties, maybe low thirties. I thought it maybe could be even be a 70-30 type election 60-40 mm-hmm. is still a blowout though if it, you know it's still uh, you know it's still a one-on-one contest and how many times have we heard and you know i've even looked at, back in 2016 i know i said it it would be really interesting to see trump against one candidate and to see what would ha- what would happen well we've seen it uh in 2024 mm-hmm. and he, what happens is he wins by a lot
2: yeah. yeah. And you know what? She's just irritating me at this point. Yeah, me too. Me too. I just don't want to look at her anymore. <laughs> I don't want to hear from her. And I don't want to look at her. Just That's go fair. home. Just go
0: home, please. I totally agree Yeah, Pat. I'm
2: just irritated. Spe-
0: go away. Speaking of going home, Stu, you mentioned Rana Romney McDaniel stepping down as the RNC chairwoman. And Laura Trump is, of course, being floated as one of the people. What are your thoughts, Pat, on... Laura Trump taking over that position, if that is what happens.
2: Well, like Stu said, it's kind of Donald Trump's party at this point. So that doesn't surprise me. And I, you know, the, the Trump family is pretty much in charge, could have gone to any of his kids, I'm sure, or, or any of his um, uh, daughters or sons-in-law, and um, it would have, been, would have been the same situation. He's just, he's in total control now, and I, I don't think it'll change much.
0: Well, I just can't imagine. I mean, I like Laura, but I can't imagine the um, the RNC being a- anything that anyone should ever consider donating money to uh, ever again. Like, I mean, not that I not that I ever would advocate or have advocated for anyone to donate to the RNC. But I mean, yeah. to see how that money was being spent, hopefully she can reform it. But it's just it's almost like it is it beyond repair at this point, just from the um, just from the bad reputation that I think it should have, at least if the p- people who are paying attention should feel like it stinks to high heaven and not want, you know, not want to have anything to do with it. But I don't know.
3: I mean, Look, I think at, when Trump is is head of the party, he's going to be able to make uh, decisions based on who he wants. As we, as we said, you know, Ron McDaniel was his choice at one point. She ran her course. He doesn't you know, doesn't doesn't want to have her anymore. He's going to pick somebody else. Um, I, I do, do – I mean, I'm curious if either of you guys worry about this at all, and I'm just throwing this out here very delicately. We did do a lot of complaining about uh, a uh, a Bush legacy mm-hmm. where, like, it seemed like every child seemed to have prominent jobs for some reason. Mm-hmm. We also complained about the Clintons doing this and, like, well, this is kind of – what's going on here? It does seem like we're going down this road, and there's nobody who cares about his name more than Donald Trump. It's on every building we know. Um, I, I just – Look, I Trump should have people who are executing his vision for the party because, you know, he's the head of the party. And I, I don't think there's anybody uh, who, who would say that that's unfair. He's the guy, the top of the ticket. It should reflect his vision. But, like, I don't know, naming 900 of your kids to every position, like, that's how he's run his business and it's worked well. But I don't know if I'm excited about that, per I, se.
0: I would agree that the nepotism, I think, is... A problem. Um, and it is kind of a conflict of interest to be uh, assigning your kids to those positions of power. But then, I mean, Jared Kushner did a great job mm-hmm. at his role when he was in the administration. So it's like, well, how do you where do you draw the distinction between? OK, but this guy earned his keep. And OK, well, just because he's associated with Donald Trump, he, he's not allowed to have anything to do with it. Also,
2: the old rules don't apply to Donald Trump. Maybe you've noticed that. Yeah, um,
3: no, it's true.
2: Yeah. None of those rules apply to him. Yeah. Anything, any criticism that we had for George W. Bush is not carried over to Donald Trump. Mm. Yeah. It just isn't. Yeah. Um, I think, too. So,
3: and you can look at the Trump thing and saying, like, well, he he probably feels like he can't trust anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he has mm-hmm. gone through a lot of people. That's right. basically who what could blame? Who so could blame him, though? Yeah. Like, who could blame him? That's what I mean. So, yeah. like, maybe, like, I don't know. If somebody in my family will do it. At least I can trust them. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand the instinct, but... It, I, we, we should look at the, We should think about this a little bit before we jump full, you know, both feet into the pool where we're just naming everyone with the last name mm-hmm. Trump to every job. Like, I, agree. I, that's, I agree. It can be concerning. And because and I, I mean, you, I do think like you look at some of these polls, who do you want the next presidential candidate to be if it's not Donald Trump? And a lot of them say Donald Trump Jr. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like we're just Mm-mm. and like, I don't know, maybe he's the best guy. I don't know. But like, it does feel like we're going down a, a road that we should at least mm-hmm. be at least be internally observing and and making sure that we want this this is the road we're choosing it doesn't just happen to us
0: yeah um all right let's go ahead and we got to take a quick break we'll be back with more first we want to thank our sponsor Coppercraft distillery so i'm just going to be honest with you they they like they write me these like flowery language things to say but i just really i i like uh I like alcohol (laughs) and when you like alcohol as much as I do, you really like you become somewhat of a connoisseur I would say. That's what, that's, it's not alcoholic. It's now called connoisseur.
3: Mm, okay. It feels much better than alcoholic.
0: It sounds really cool, right? Mm-hmm. So being a whiskey connoisseur, mm. I actually know that Coppercraft Distillery has this amazing award-winning black label straight bourbon whiskey that they craft um, in Michigan's manufacturing coast where they, you know they're, they're creating all of this stuff. But, it's really, really, really delicious, and they've got all sorts of different uh, liquors. They've got vodka, they've got rum, they've got gin, they've got bourbon, and they've also got these little canned cocktails, which I really want to try, uh, just for an instant mixed drink. If you don't, you don't, you don't want to play bartender, it's right there. You just pop it open and drink it. So you can buy online and ship to your door at CoppercraftDistillery.com. I just take it from the connoisseur. All right, that's all I can tell you. It's small batch, American-made. It tastes delicious, super smooth. Try it out at CopperCraftDistillery.com. Use promo code Sarah. That is CopperCraftDistillery.com. Promo code Sarah. So when we, you know, we're talking about the the presidential um, election and we're talking about the 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 Republican side where you have Nikki Haley just like lying in wait, waiting to see what happens with Donald Trump. Do they throw him in prison? Uh, You know, does does something happen? God forbid with his health. And then on the other side, you have Gavin Newsom who I think is doing the exact same thing. I mean, you saw him. How long ago was he already running ads in Florida trying to convince Floridians that California, it turns out, was actually the free state? You guys don't even know about freedom over there in Florida. Come on over to California, where we're going to mask you and your kids until you die, and then we're going to force you to get vaccination. All right, anyway. Um, So Gavin Newsom... Going uh, out, doubling down on his stance regarding late term abortion. I want to play him uh, just recently on Meet the Press. Watch.
2: Well, let me let me press you, though, Governor, do you think there is a week that access to abortion
1: should be banned? I'm going to
0: I think we've established that firmly in the context of what states
1: are doing, like California, where we establish a constitutional right to access abortion. And at the end of the day, I think that's a determination for women at and any their doctors week? as it relates to the issues in California. We've established that firmly in the state constitution as it relates to getting into the debate around late term abortion. That's a complete canard.
0: Complete canard. (laughs) How? How so? Because I would say um, you notice the MSNBC woman actually pressed him by saying what week, what week, which I was shocked to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought so. But might I just also add for context, there is literally no reason for a late term abortion. Any time the left says that, it is just not true. It's always faster if there is an emergency and there is some sort of, you know, something that is uh, a threat to the the mother's life or the child's life. It is in all cases faster to do an emergency C-section. And then guess what? As an added bonus, the baby comes out alive and not dead. As it turns, you're still delivering the baby either way. It's just that it comes out alive and not dead, which I feel like is a really, really great thing. And so... It just it. it, But it makes you wonder when you have an MSNBC host pressing him on what week if they're concerned that that is no longer an appropriate response to late term abortion.
3: Well, first of all, it's only an added bonus if what you want is the baby to be alive.
0: Well, that's a great point.
3: So you do. I do. Pat does. But they don't. So it's not an added bonus to them at all, um, which is a terrible.
0: Well, might I just it is an added bonus for the baby. <laughs> I would like. You know what? To, I would I think like you're to know. Right. I think
3: you're right. Occasionally, we should think about the babysitter. I feel
0: like we should. I don't
3: know it's weird. Um, it's interesting because I mean, look, if you're talking to a conservative on MSNBC, they will p- hound you and hound you and hound you until you give the answer. She did follow up and attempt to get the answer. We didn't mm-hmm. see the, anything that happened after. I don't know if he ever actually gave one, Certainly. but it seemed like that's where it ended. If I if I saw the, I, I watched a good chunk of the clip, and I didn't see anything after that that I noticed. But anyway, point is. Um, It's good that people are bringing this up. I think it's getting to that point where it's like, it is really morally inconsistent to press everybody on IVF treatments in Alabama with three clinics closing down for IVF treatments. Again, like a narrow, 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 look, it's a, it's a worthwhile debate. You should, it's something that people should talk about, but like, it's a narrow, narrow, narrow part of this conversation. Uh, Rape and incest is another one. Like, look, it's really important to talk about that, but it's such a narrow, narrow part of the conversation Um, You know, look, most abortions happen before the late term. And that is something that conservatives need to remember. You know, uh, when we were talking about 16-week bans, look, 95% of abortions happen before the 16th week. So like, we could talk about a 16-week ban, but like, have we been fighting for 50 years to stop 5% of abortions? Is that really what this has been about the whole time? Seems kind of like a lot of effort for a very little gain, though, of course, every baby uh, in life life matters. But when you're talking about this uh, late uh, term abortion issue... It absolutely is something he should be able to say. Like, they can't even bring themselves to say what their policy is. Like, we're guaranteeing access to women throughout their pregnancy. What about the last week? The Constitution guarantees the <laughs> rights of, of freedom of women of freedoms. And it's like they can't even. They just It turns into Kamala Harris. They sound like a word salad's coming out of their mouth. Look, own the viewpoint. Yes. I know yes. my viewpoints are unpopular on abortion. I know it. I own it. I will tell you about it. I I have viewpoints that are way out of the mainstream on it. I don't think they should happen. I want babies to be alive. Call me crazy. Call me wacky. They have viewpoints as well. They are way out of the mainstream and they won't even admit to them. Mm-hmm. They won't even say what they believe because they know how terrible it is to kill a child seconds before birth. But that
1: is what they believe.
2: Yeah. I I love that the late term abortion is a canard. Mm. But back-alley abortions, oh my gosh, it's mm. so prevalent. <laughs> so so, so prevalent. Every day, it happens every day. all day, every day. Mm-hmm. There's almost nobody who actually gives birth anymore outside of a back-alley, uh, <laughs> and they, they're aborted. Um, we, we wanted them to give birth, but they, they couldn't because we had to kill them in a back-alley abort. And, you know, I'm somebody whose grandmother died from a back-alley abortion mm-hmm. um, with a clothes hanger, uh, and she got infected. And she died from that. And I still don't think that back alley abortions are so prevalent we need to protect them. Uh, They made it up. Back in the 70s, before Roe v. Wade, they, they made up this arbitrary number of 10,000 women every year die from back alley abortions. Completely untrue. Um, very few women have died from back alley abortions. But the canard is, of course, the late term abortions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that never happens. Never, ever happens. <laughs> I mean, they have it both ways right. on every single issue. It's really amazing.
0: Right, which, again, um, to your point, Stu, it's like, okay, well, if it's just a canard and it never happens, then it should be very easy for you to say whether or not you approve of right. it. Right, Very, very easy. Yeah. Saying that it's a canard, it's it's just, it's the same thing whenever uh, they don't pass legislation and they're like, well, we just, I mean, we didn't need to do that because, you know, we, we've already passed this. It's like, well, but then you could still come on the record and say what you believe mm-hmm. if it's a thing that, either already is taken care of or a thing that never happens, then we can at least be clear in what our rhetoric is surrounding that.
3: I was listening to you. are so right. And it's like it's so infuriating how they turn into these like libertarians on the yeah. day of the year where they don't want, you know, healthcare to be uh, implemented by government. I was listening to a podcast this morning and they were talking about this IVF treatment issue. Mm-hmm. And the the woman was interviewing someone. Of course, they went to an IV, IVF cl- uh, clinic that had closed down. Or at least had been suspended until they figure out what this law is going on in, in Alabama. And like, the, it's such a like sort of like sympathetic interview. And One of the questions was, like, how does it feel to have the government managing whether you can give care or not? I'm thinking to myself, did you ever even think to ask yourself, ask anyone this question during the Obamacare debate? Was there even a moment where it crossed your mind or, I don't know, during COVID? Mm-hmm. Like, was there a moment where you thought like I, maybe the government should not even it, never in a million years would a reporter ask that question during any of this other stuff where we've been saying over and over again, hey, we really shouldn't have the government making healthcare decisions for us. To them, when it comes to abortion, it's the only time they don't want it. They want all healthcare decisions to be made by the government except this one thing that just happens to kill a child. And it's like, man, that is a that's an insane stance that if anyone bothered to investigate it in the mainstream media, they would see how hypocritical it was.
0: Which, by the way, I know we're running out of time, but I do want to play to your point, Stu. um, I do want to play Joy Reid. On TikTok, responding to uh, all of this, you know the comments that Senator Tuberville made on the court decision in Alabama—that of course, uh, embryos created by IVF are in fact considered children—and this is like, uh, like just wacky land uh, from Joy Reid. Watch. The United States has a population of north of 327 million people.
1: Why do we need more kids? I mean, <laughs> you know how society works. Senator Tuberville, is the one screaming that (laughs) 10 million immigrants, which I don't even know that that number even makes any sense because it it doesn't um, have streamed into the country since Joe Biden has been president. And you're claiming that that's too many people, that if more people come into the southern border, this is some sort of crisis because we've got too many people and we've got no more space and we can't afford more people. But now you're saying we need more kids? (laughs) Can you explain who's uh, the we good. and very what's the purpose? <laughs> very, very easily. Very easily. Yeah. You're also She's not done. <laughs> senator from the state of Alabama. God help the people there. Oh, my gosh. Are you saying the state of Alabama needs more kids? Why does the state of Alabama need more kids? More kids for what? Sure. There was a time when the state of Alabama absolutely so- needed more kids because, you know, Alabama was a slave state. Oh, she implement. got
0: him. He's got to
3: re-implement slavery, isn't it? She
0: got him. That's his dastardly plan: is to re-implement slavery using IVF embryos. She nailed got, it. Nailed it. She nailed him.
3: She's so smart. Mm. She is so really, smart. Really? Because I
0: thought you were going to say stupid. Really? Yeah.
3: Wow, I can't believe that. <laughs> really uh, thought you were. Um, she, uh, she makes some interesting decisions. Uh, to, to put that on tiktok why do we need more children on tiktok is, a, is an interesting thing to mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. and also uh to to go in public with that hair, is, hair. A, is an interesting thing to do mm-hmm. um it's a fascinating decision I, 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 we could spend hours just on that on that decision mm-hmm. imagine thinking that was the right thing <laughs>
0: It like, imagine is being out. like you
3: know what that's exactly you know because it well first of all it just looks you know so incredibly natural mm. um, mm-hmm. but uh, that's wow that's it's beautiful and and that's a really smart point as well a, a really well crafted point because why do we need more children like I, this is so this weird like um, it goes I I shouldn't go on but I, this goes back to this you know this whole like depopulation thing right. they seem right. to be into which yes. is like I, yes. I I don't know we, we praise the planet and kill all the kids I don't I don't get the I concept feel
0: like society should like go on. On is kind of why I think we should have more kids like I think like we need a, a next generation to like uh, s- s- stay populated yeah And Mm -hmm. that's that. I mean, I I really do. And maybe every individual
3: deserves a chance at life, including, by the way, the individuals in Mexico that you should just be in Mexico unless they come here legally. That's all. They also deserve a shot at life. Even Mexican babies deserve a chance at life. Every single child and every adult deserves a chance to live their life. That doesn't mean they get to break laws constantly when they live it.
0: All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's take a quick break. And then I want to talk about the libs of TikTok Taylor Lorenz uh, meet, which was just amazing. First, I want to tell you guys about the Fearless Army Roll Call 2.0. So uh, every year, you know, our culture seems to sink deeper and deeper into the quicksand of hopelessness and despair. But uh, Jason Whitlock. Is organizing an event called Fearless Army Roll Call 2.0. It's brought to you this year by Preborn, and it's an all-day event in Nashville, Tennessee, on June 1st. Uh, It's going to bring all of uh, a lot of you men, a lot of you who listen to Jason Whitlock. It's going to bring men together under a united banner of godliness and responsibility. You're going to hear speeches from Jason and several special guests. So come, have your heart and mind filled with messages that God wants you to hear, and share fellowship with your fellow Christians. You can go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com to reserve your spot today. So the creator of Libs of TikTok, uh, Shia Reichick, met up with Taylor Lorenz of the Washington Post, who, by the way, was the woman responsible for doxing Shia in the first place. And I wanna play uh, some of this, an epic, epic video, but I wanna play some of this video, watch.
1: But there is a context that it would be okay to give kids pictures like that of gay sex. Anal sex in in elementary school? I guess sex pictures in school, I don't know. I don't know because uh, you know who I would defer to on that? Who? Just because neither of us are sex educators. I would defer that question to Um, a qualified professional, a uh, sex educator and say, mm -hmm. hey, you're an expert. You've treated tons, you know, you've educated tons of people. You're a full time sex educator. You've really studied this. What are the appropriate boundaries? I don't think that myself as a journalist or a media personality, I don't think I'm the right one to make that decision. And I guess I'm wondering why so you there, think- So the, I have seen sex educators say that they, they want these these books in, in schools. So uh-huh. then you're okay with it? I think I would want to talk to the sex educator and rely on whatever the sex educators say. Okay. I'm wondering why you feel like you're qualified to be a sex educator
0: when you have no background in that. Uh, I don't want to be a sex educator. I just don't want to give kids porn in school. Great idea, Taylor. Great idea. Let's um let's call the sex educator in to determine whether or not my 5-year-old should learn about anal sex. Mm. That's great. Yeah, that's and that wouldn't be totally creepy at all to bring someone in who calls themselves a sex educator to determine what is appropriate for someone's children. But of course, Taylor Lorenz admitting that she actually hasn't seen any. She hasn't read. She hasn't bothered to do her due diligence on any of these books that Shia is is talking about. She's like, I don't know. That's a I, I haven't even seen it. Oh, really? Okay, but you found it necessary to try to attempt to ruin this woman's life by doxing her. And now you're like, oh, I don't actually know what's in it. Let's ask the sex educators. Stunning.
3: Incredible. I, like, well, why do you even live your life? Well, why make any decisions? Why not? Right. Like, when you go to see a movie, why do you put your own input in it? Why not just see whatever has the highest critical rating mm-hmm. and go see it? Like, what, why? It doesn't make any sense at all. Like, It's like, it's like you're taking yourself out of your life. Why? And of course, that's like not at all how she would operate under any other context. If you ask uh, a religious person, um, uh, well, what do, you, what do you believe about gay marriage? Uh, well, I'll go to a religious expert and the Pope, and the Pope will tell me he's against it well then what mm-hmm. do you agree with the expert in that situation of course she wouldn't right like she ha- she she's leaning on these experts because she's trying to get out of what she's saying which it was amazing because in an earlier part of that interview, you're right, Sarah, she had never even seen these books. Now, look, I don't want to see these books. And I, unfortunately, have already seen these books because we've talked about it before. But like, if you're a person who's coming in being critical of those wanting to ban the books, <clears throat> don't you familiarize yourself at the, with the, at the slightest bit think. with what's in them, mm-hmm. right? And then, uh, you know, for her to say like, oh, well, I, I can't comment on that. You know, it's funny because here she is. Uh, She's following the experts on her mask. Right. Uh, Well, no, actually, no, there's no expert that would tell you to wearing an N95 mask and an outdoor setting makes any difference whatsoever. That's not even me being like, oh, I'm Mr. COVID skeptic. That's like the science. That is absolutely the science. Number two, she's trying to avoid, I guess, COVID or disease X or something while she's sitting approximately four feet away from passing traffic. The most dangerous thing she's doing in this scenario is sitting at a chair as cars are driving by her. Any one of them could run right over her.
2: Yeah, but the mask will protect her. Oh, the ma- oh, okay. If she gets true. hit by a car. That mask is gonna is gonna save her life. That's that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good points. Yeah. Point. yeah. So thank that's you. thank you, Pat. Comforting. <laughs> yeah, and and I guess parents have no say in this. We got to wait on what a sex expert a says. Ma-
0: a made up expert. A, se- a sex me? educator? I don't need a sex educator to tell me that teaching my young child about gay sex is <laughs> not a correct decision.
3: Right. It's yeah. despicable. And like the law, when it comes to porn, the law would prevent you from showing those I, the kids, those pictures. You yeah. are not allowed to go to a website if you were yeah. a child to go see those pictures. But like, for her, I guess it's okay. And it's like, well, who is the best expert when it comes to your children? Like it's you, mm-hmm. the parents, Who's the one that
2: cares about them the most.
3: right? right, right. I don't know like, the parent or a sex expert. They don't have a political geez. agenda with their kids. I mean, like you see this with kids all the time. Like they care about their, their parents care about their kids. They really do. Like they, they, that you see these people who are angry and are screaming at, you know, town councils and, you know, the Sarah Gonzalez's of the world. The reason they do that is because they actually give a crap. Right. Yep. Yep. And like that's that's the person you want arguing on behalf of kids is the person who cares the most. And like, look, I, I mean, like, it's just beyond the fact of how wrong she is. It's how she's willing to basically hand over her life. She's mm-hmm. handed over all decision-making process in her entire life to people she can't even name. Yep. That's a bizarre thing. And, lo- to
0: and look how well that's worked out for her. Yeah. Mm. She's great. Uh, alone, probably has many cats, and uh, is wearing an N95 mask in 2024 outside. So I would say that that decision-making process has not worked out great for her. But hey, <laughs> maybe that's just me. Um, all right, we've got to uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: Got something to say? Leave Sarah a message at 888-969-5113.
0: Well, Chelsea Handler, uh, speaking of women who are old and are going to die alone, uh, Chelsea Handler (laughs) decided to celebrate her 49th birthday like this. Okay, there we go. Uh, This is one of those. I had to see it, so you do too. Skiing with her dog, I think that's a dog on her back (laughs) in her backpack in just oh man, I don't know if that's a swimsuit or underwear. Um, but she is just like, she doesn't understand that this is like very desperate.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. That
0: at 49 you should be like at home enjoying your family, and um, she is just skiing naked with her dogs
2: let's not forget she's the same person who thought the moon and the sun were the same thing (laughs) I forgot that (laughs) wait wait oh my gosh have you not heard that no I think I have wait absolutely 100% serious she thought the moon and the sun were the same thing until like six months ago
0: (laughs) (laughs) well that maybe sheds a light on why she's still alone at 49 maybe I don't know right. thanks guys